And hello, everyone. Welcome to podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey as media director, and we had a great Thanksgiving week, a great uh, holiday week, and uh, welcome, Mayor, to your own office. How you doing? Glad you could stop by. <laughs> how you we, show up with I, uh, all this equipment? I have all these plans to be really crystal clear on how to open the show, and I end up going doing something completely different. So it's all good. It's all good. It Here, is, we it's Here we so are. So we had a great weekend. We did have a good weekend. We just, had a, it was a great week. I mean, uh, gosh, the football game at the stadium. Uh, only one side is happy, of course. There's a winner and a loser in that game, but it brings everybody together. And then, of course, the Turning on the lights, the crowds were just unbelievable that Friday night out here. I just really something crazy. I've never seen, you know, yeah. for, for the turning on the lights. And it was a cold night. I mean, there were people that were, I know, sneaking into City Hall, trying to get warm. It was chilly for sure, but there were, that had been two or 3,000 out here. It was at incredible, least, incredible. At least, yeah. I always yeah. say 3,000, right yeah. around that area, three to 4,000, I think. Okay. But a lot of good comments from people, and I know that uh, there's been already a ton of pictures up on social media from people <laughs> grabbing pictures of the families in front of the different displays out here. It's, uh, I tell you, you've got to go a long way to find a display like this. Yeah. I mean, there's a national show built around the Rockefeller holiday tree. Yeah. One tree. That's right? it. And that's it. And an yeah. ice skating rink. Yeah. 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 It's a, I'm not to kick Rockefeller Center, but yeah. this is a pretty special space, and um a lot of people are involved in putting it together. I thank them all for that. We're building memories now for our kids. Uh, this is the stuff they remember down the road, you know. Stuff we grew up with. I mean, yeah. the old Quincy Center, uh, even the other business districts, uh, reminds me of the Bedford Falls. You remember the stuff that used to be <laughs> draped across the streets? And uh, I'm looking out your window right now. It looks a little bit like Bedford Falls. It's got the you know the wreaths and the in the green all around yeah, the lamp. Bedford Falls is a little more snow. tacky. I think this is a little more <laughs> tastefully done. Oh, but all right. but anyway, it's uh, it's getting us all into the uh, the Christmas and holiday spirit. Certainly is, and uh, you know, Fair Saturday was very successful. By the way, we had uh, we raised thousands for charities. By the way, and, and all That's of the awesome. events that we had, and it was a really great event to be the first in the United States to uh, to host Fair Saturday. And we uh, congratulations to all of the cities and towns around the world that celebrated Fair Saturday. And I know a few of them listen, so we're really appreciative of that. And uh, we were really excited yeah. We want to thank all the artists that performed, and and really uh, were just tremendous. A lot of great uh, a lot of great feedback from the public on that too. So. Appreciate all their participation, raise some money for charity, a great day for the city. The restaurants in downtown were yep. thrilled with both days because the spinoff from, from both events, people went down downtown and ate at the different restaurants. I know that uh, Alba was packed, 16C was packed, the Fat Cat was packed, yeah. Fuji was packed. I mean, <laughs> everybody was, uh, Townsend across the street was packed. They were all jammed. It was great. It was. We also, it culminated that night, and big, big kudos to John McDonald, by the way, who did a great job of booking a lot of the, I mean, most of the entertainment actually. Yeah, John does John. a nice job. We appreciate that. He really does a good job. But he did a good job that night as well at the Church of the President with Lilius, um, Seth Brodowski, and I believe Lilius White. So famous you forget her name. <laughs> no, but, she, but I saw some of the videos afterwards. They were amazing. Yeah. And he had some of his old, uh, his old um, uh, Children's Corner uh, crew with him singing back up, and they did such a great job. So That's good stuff. It was a nice, nice, nice weekend. Because we, you know, Santa's jump had to be postponed. The, the wind was just too tough. It's a and, weird uh, thing. It, it is, and, and when you have the wind gusts like they were, that can actually co collapse those parachutes they're on, and it could be very dangerous, so they are on the side of safety. So it was postponed to this coming Saturday, but, you know, we'll, we'll play it by ear with the weather again, so right. see what happens. But the parade was phenomenal on Sunday. It was great. You know, it really was. Uh, it moved along, uh, and everyone was worried about the weather, so that everyone was moving along, so we didn't have to worry yeah. about uh, all the huge gaps sometimes we had to deal with. But uh, another great job by... 
uh, park and rec divisions of the Department of Natural Resources. Everybody's involved in that. The police shuts the roads down with traffic and parking. Fire department's part of it with uh, with the, in fact, the new tiller truck. Yeah. Uh, carried Santa down the route for all the kids along the route, uh, whatever age they may be. So there's so many people that come together to work so hard on these events and brings great happiness to a lot of the kids. It's funny to see a big, giant, huge band with 100 people in it marching down the street it's just from an era gone by from an age gone by it's just it was a cool feeling that's what i got when i saw I it. tell you quincy and north quincy high bands looked absolutely incredible the they best really i've did. seen in 20 years really yeah they really they look good they sound good they're yeah. in step i mean it's when a lot of bands are going the other direction there's been a resurgence here and i really thank our uh, music instructors uh that involved with these kids at the school system great stuff yeah they are so well a great weekend and now let's move into some more serious topics okay just back to what we used to do let's talk Uh about the fiscal year 2020 tax rate i'm holding in front of me a financial presentation that was put together by municipal finance but i know you know uh, this audience is very intelligent and we have we we hear great feedback from the people that listen to this podcast and we can dig into it a little bit more you had mentioned that to me yesterday let's really dig in for our for our audience here to talk a little bit more about how the tax rate works how it goes up every year it goes into place every year there's a bit of a tax increase and where we stand as opposed to other cities and towns where that money's going etc Sure, sure. This is a tricky one uh, because a lot of people don't spend the time to really pay attention to what the Proposition 2.5 law is. And that, that was enacted way back in 1980, implemented in 81, 82 in the city of Quincy and a lot of other places as well. So that was a, that was a, uh, a ballot question to limit taxation on the properties uh, going forward. California had a Proposition 13. This was the Massachusetts version of the time. It was try to cap the property tax increases because people felt it was getting out of control. Well, the reality was it had a 40% whack on the budget. So 11 schools closed, you know, the park department was cut 50%, public works was cut 40%. I mean, it it had some devastating impact at the time. But under that law, you're allowed to go up 2.5% each year on the total levy, not on an individual bill. People get that confused. But on the total, total levy of the city, which is all the money we collect in all categories uh, on tra- you know, on property tax, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, residential, commercial, industrial. So our, our increase um, is uh, up about $12 million, which helps to fund everything. I mean, it, it funds all the departments, our teachers, our firefighters, our, our police officers, our and public all the works, services, the libraries, uh, yeah, Kennedy Center, all the services we provide comes out of that. Now, the budget is funded three ways. This is the biggest amount, the property tax, but also has state aid, which we get a portion every year. And I'm grateful for the governor and the legislature for those numbers. But those numbers aren't what they used to be percentage-wise. But we appreciate their efforts. And the third piece is local receipts. So if you get, a, if you get married, you get a marriage certificate, you need a death certificate, uh, you file for a building permit, all those fees Dog fall license. into yeah. Yeah, the, lo- the category of local receipts. So under the law, we, we present our budget in the spring, and then the fall, we then set the necessary revenues that we have to raise to fund that budget. Now, we're, we're mindful in the spring of what we think we're looking at on estimates, you know, at the time. But nothing goes down. I mean, health care goes up. I mean, the, you know, the pension stuff goes up. Energy bills go up. I mean, stuff goes up all the time. So, And, you know, I don't think we've been outrageous at all in, with raises and so forth. You know, we, we had... Uh, Five-year deal with all the unions coming to now, we had a 1%, 2%, 2%, 2%, and then 3%. So, you know, that's all very reasonable. So I, I think we've been managing very well. You know, we, we got a great team that works very hard on this. Our, 
Our budget overall is far more stable. We put more money in reserve. Our bond rating is its highest it's ever been historically in the city, meaning the outside financial advisors and bond folks like what we're doing. You see, we're putting some money away in a rainy day fund, putting money away for, in trust funds for future liabilities and expenses. Um, so we've made a ton, a ton of progress in that regard. So what happens is, and it's a, it's a lousy, I almost used the S word, it's a lousy <laughs> setup that we end up picking uh, the average single family increase that we judge this thing by because it's, it, it's the average. So most bills aren't going to be this number. Some are going to be lower. Some will be higher. This is the average, though. And it's really a result. The, re- the tax rate went down again, but the valuations have gone up again dramatically because of what's going on in the marketplace. So I saw that was interesting. I saw that the the average uh, single family home in the in the city of Quincy is is up assessment wise. It's at four ninety two four hundred ninety two thousand dollars. The average single family. That's up from 466000 That's a 5.6% increase in one year. That's huge. And, the, and, and this is going on. I mean, I, I, I get friends of mine that are in the marketplace for a house, and people are bidding on houses. So there's the asking price. Everything goes for more than what the asking price is in most cases. That's the reality that we're in right now, the real estate market. So the tax rate itself is lower than it's been in a long time, but the values are up. We still have to collect X amount to fund government. But the values are uh, are up, and and that's you know nobody likes to pay taxes, and I, I've often said this too. Look, the federal government, and the state government, conveniently take it out of your paycheck each week for your income tax. It just you know gets withdrawn from your paycheck. Yeah. But property tax, you have to write a check for it, yeah. so you're more cognizant of it. I'd also say this that most services that are relevant to the average person living in Quincy, if not all the services you deal with, are relevant at the local level. So it's your kids in schools, your kids using the parks, you go in the libraries, your grandmother's using the van service at the Kennedy Center, your uncle's getting um, services from veteran services, um, you know, 911, they're there in three minutes. I mean, I get on the line. Yeah, it goes on and on. It, it goes on and on. It, and it's, um, it's remarkable, I think, what we do. So Compared to most cities and towns. Compared to most cities and towns, yeah. I think we're the best. And, and we fall right in the middle well, speaking of comparison, let's sure. do that. Let's talk a little bit about other cities and towns and how they're how they're taxed as opposed to how their citizens are taxed as opposed to how we're taxed. You always said this: we're right in the middle, not too high, not too low, but somewhere in the that's, middle. And that's in the statewide pack. When you when you look at you know we we go from Brockton, Weymouth, Braintree, Norwood, Whitman, Randolph, Hanson, Carver, Rockland, all the way to Cohasset, Duxbury, Noel, essentially the whole South Shore. Yeah, we've done comparisons with other cities in the Commonwealth, and some of the councils would say, well, we should do what, what's South Shore. It's more relevant to us. So, I mean, there's a number of ways you can do this analysis, and, and, and any way you do it, we fall in the middle of the pack on what we pay in taxes. However, we're at the top of the heap when it comes to services. I've said that over and over, and I mean it, and it's the truth. You know, when you look at community comparisons, it's it's not even close. And, and you know, our schools are... I think that the term we had the other day, we're in the 52 percentile on taxes. Our school system's in the 90 percent percentile for success, for test scoring, for graduation rates, and all those things that are pertinent to an education. If you have a, an issue at home, you call 911, within a few minutes, there's the police, the fire, and Brewster ambulances there. Bang, like that. Yeah. If you get a sore backup in the middle of the night, within 15 minutes, the sewer department's there with the equipment 
to help fix it. Even though it may not have anything to do with the city, we still help the residents with their issues. That's unheard of. When we have a storm and there's flooding, our guys go out and pump basements. No <laughs> communities do these things. Yeah. You've got to hire a company and do it. On your sewer back, you've got to hire Mr. Drain or Mr. Drain or whatever the hell they call it. They come in and do a lot of these things. So we, we you know, respond immediately and worry about whose responsibility is later. We're there to help people, and that's what we do. And I don't think there's a community that does it better than Quincy in every category. And, and I, I say that in a, in a prideful way, not in a bragging way, in a prideful way because I know my colleagues in government share the same thing, whether it's city council, school committee members, state delegation, our department heads, um, our managers, our uh, labor leaders. I mean, they all agree. I mean, and the, the employees work so hard every day on behalf of the residents. And that doesn't mean everything is perfect. I'll never suggest that. That doesn't mean there can't be improvements in places. I, I, absolutely. There's always ways and, and room for improvement. We're always looking at that. We, I'm never totally satisfied. I think you know that, Mark, with yeah. things. I'm always looking, okay, that was great, but how can we do it better? How can we do it more, more economically? How can we and just overall do a better job. There's always there's always ways to improve. So, so one other thing about that comparison sure. is, so we we do fall right in the middle. So me, meaning that we we're not the highest, we're not the lowest, we're right in the middle, and we have a lot of room. Explain about that because you've always talked about that. Yeah, I mean this this is another thing that's kind of foreign to the average person, but it's called excess levy capacity. Excess levy capacity. So what does that mean? That means that we are not taxing to the max under Prop Two and a Half. We could go up 2.5% on the levy each year. I haven't done that in 10 years. So we have over $200 million that we have not taxed. This year alone will be $34 million that we're leaving on the table. Where like Boston is probably like 120000 They don't have much levy capacity right. left. I mean, they right. got they got a different structure. Understood. And they get a lot of commercial growth that helps augment their budget. But sure. most cities and towns, there's only three cities or towns in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts out of 351 that have more excess levy capacity than Quincy. That's pretty remarkable. That's amazing. So when, and, and again, I know we've talked about these things, but you get a place like a Somerville that had a proposition two and a half override that's voters voting on the ballot to pay more in taxes above the two and a half to pay for school. Weymouth did the same thing this past year for middle school. Situate's done it in the past for, I think it was a school and, and uh, maybe a fire station. Other communities do it. Milton's done it for just, Regular budget items in, in the regular budget, which by year. the way kills your bond rating, so it kills all that stuff, right? Well, I mean, it, it, it all it, it all gets factored in. So, the early on, my, the outside financial advisor was saying to me, you know, you should be taxing to the max. You're leaving money on the table. He said, no, this is the taxpayers' money. These are residents' money. So we try to strike the balance to provide the best in services to them, but also to provide it most economically as, as we can. So we're leaving a lot of money on the table. In other words, we're allowing people to keep more money in their pockets. So we could be taxing probably $1,200 more uh, on the average single family than we do today. I think that's remarkable, and it should be stated. And, and, and I know nobody likes to write that check, and I understand that some people are house rich and cash poor, and, and there's a lot of things. The fact is, uh, I'd also suggest that someone in maybe in uh, that may fall in my generation category getting toward their late 50s, is I'm still saying mid fifties, but you know we're getting there. Um, is where could you go and take you know a couple of hundred dollars and invest it and get the kind of return that you're getting in the value of your house? Because at some point, you know the way it works is you'll sell the house, downsize, 
you'll cash in on that value, and where could you go for investment purposes and get that kind of return? Now, I know the average person doesn't necessarily like that either because they want to stay where they are, and sure. I get it, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say to those seniors that may be listening out there, there are options. You should contact the assessor's office. They'll sit with you. They'll go over what options you may have for abatement purposes, deferred tax programs, the stuff under the law that allows a senior to stay in their home under these different categories. So they should definitely avail themselves to that and check into it. But I got to tell you, I'll say it again and again and again. We're in the middle of the pack on the taxes. And I understand this, people, if you went up on $10, if you went on 100 they'd be mad you didn't get on 200 that are never happy paying their taxes. I get it. But look around, folks. People are moving here because of what's going on. It's an outstanding school system. It's a safe city. The response time's incredible. The parks and recreation opportunities, amazing. Environmentally, we're planting hundreds of trees. We're doing all kinds of new environmental programs, eliminating plastic bags. We're doing LEDs. We're doing solar on our roofs. Uh, you know, the library service is a second to none in any community. Veteran services, we have a full staff office. Many communities don't to serve our veterans. And the Kennedy Center, I could go on and on. Well, the other thing about this, I, I, I always think about because of this is some of, I would say, some of the visionary moves that you've made in the downtown area. Now, we talk about the downtown a lot, but it directly affects this. In the future, as you mentioned, that uh, people at places like Branch, you have the South Shore, pl- the plaza, the mall. Right. We are looking for that commercial tax base. We're getting that commercial tax base coming up, and that'll help as well, right? That's right. That's right. So we, we are, first of all, the the, um, the commercial property is starting to pop as far as value goes. So it's not as high. I think it was a 4% increase, not as high as the residential. Right. And the, we are setting the table now for new commercial growth going forward, and that's huge to help offset. Because the commercial folks that may not know this, so commercial industrial properties pay uh, far more on the residential factor that we adopt than what the residents do. So you know they pay like 1.75% versus under, I, I, you know, under 100% for for the average single family. So th- there are those factors as well. So it's important that we try to create a healthy atmosphere for the commercial folks as well, because if you eliminate all your commercial, well, then your residential is going to take a big hit. You know, yeah. The other thing I should remind people is all the work in the downtown that we've been doing, the downtown's paying for itself. So all of the, the new improvements, the new garage that's about to open, it's all being paid for from what's called district improvement financing. So we capture the new taxes coming in from all these new properties, and that pays for the downtown. The difference now is people can come to the downtown and enjoy it. Where a few years ago, people <laughs> stayed away from the downtown. Yeah. There was nothing to come here for. Yeah, right. Now you get some incredible open spaces, amazing restaurants, and some some retailers that people want to visit. And it's it's really it's paying for itself, just as we said it would. Uh, now we also have had partners. I appreciate you know Congressman Lynch and some of the grant money we've gotten from Federal Highway, Federal. Um, programming for some of the road work that was done. We've got an incredible partnership with Governor Baker and our legislative delegation with, you know, Senator Keenan, Majority Leader Mariano, and Representative Ayers, and uh, Techie Chan, and Dan Hunt. Uh, They've all been just phenomenal in in assisting us. So people see a lot of things going on. They say, oh, hey, there he goes, spending money again. I hate that term because I view it as investing. We're investing in our own future, I mean, these are our public assets. You know, what do people think? <laughs> and and you, the more you defer it, you're putting it on to the next generation and, and the generation after. In, by the way, with all the work we're doing, there's never been a better time to borrow money than now because of the rates are so low. 
So for a lot of reasons, it makes sense to be doing these major yeah. projects that we're doing. You know, for too long, we had decades of deferred maintenance. Yeah. You can only defer it so long. On how many buildings so did we have? That 80, were, that we we have got 80 camp. some odd municipal uh, assets and buildings, and that's just buildings. Yeah. Then we got pipes and seawalls and roads sure. and parks and, and, and all kinds of other. Um, but I think we've struck that balance. We're doing X amount every year in improvements and reinvestment and in our, in our facilities, which are public assets, and really building a long-term plan to maintain these in a much more efficient way. You know, if you don't fix the re- leaky roof, a lot of other things happen to that structure. So we're well beyond that. We, I think we are as, probably as efficient as we've ever been and I say that respectfully, but we have built a whole new administration, like, for example, a whole new department for, for public buildings that we never had before. We had three people that used to work in public works to try and maintain the building. It was crazy. That's insane. You see what happened a couple of yeah. weeks ago in Plymouth. The ceilings have fallen down at one of the firehouses. Right. They, they haven't been maintaining these things. And so we're, we're staying up with it. You know, Department of Natural Resources now with the tree warden and the earth scientists, uh, that's going to pay big dividends for the environment going forward. You know? Public historian that so we have. Even public that's historian. Our historic assets that we that we. That's are. right. And he's working with our schools and the curriculum. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's really, we're in a very good place. I think, you know, one can always argue, uh, you know, what should be priority, what not. And, and that certainly about public debate every time we go before the council for our budget, you know. Yeah. But the reality is the budgets are healthy. We're maintaining and improving services for the people of the city. We're improving the quality of life of the people of the city. And people are choosing to live here for those reasons. Everybody wants to live in Quincy. It's amazing. I, you know, when you campaign, I just come off of it, as you, yeah. you know, you meet a lot of new people because <laughs> frequently in the office we hear people from people that may not be happy about things. I understand they're not going to call and say, hey, this looks great. They're concerned about something and, and want to get it addressed. But it's when you go knocking doors and meeting people in the street uh, in their own territory you see, and you learn, you, and you, you hear from these new people why they chose to move here. Right. They're happy. They love what they're doing. They're raising a family. They're taking advantage of the rec programs and, and the programs in our schools. So it's, it's wonderful to get out and hear that. Again, are we perfect? Of course we're not perfect. Show me anywhere where there's utopia. I tell you, we, we, it's a hell of a community. It's a great city. I'm privileged and honored to serve as the mayor. And, uh, you know, we, we're coming on that time of year. People get in their tax bills. And I'd suggest if you... I concerned you think something's out of whack when you receive your bill. Call the assessor's office, make an appointment. Uh, even if you want to learn more about how it works, we got a couple of great publications. If you call, we'll send the publication out to you. You can call the mayor's office or the assessor's office. That and kind of exp- sev- that's explains it. Several programs, by the way, for those folks that say are on fixed incomes and there's there are issues when it comes to that. There are several programs through the assessor's office that you can be a part of or, or help you out if you if you will give assistance. Right. That's right. That's right. So and call the assessor's office. Otherwise, if you have questions, feel free to call the mayor's office at 617-376-1990. 617-376-1990. And uh, anyone here in the mayor's office would be happy to help. Sounds good. That's good. But let's just talk about this weekend. We have a really nice event happening on Saturday, December 7th, which is? That's right, Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, this Saturday at uh, 1 o'clock at the Quincy High School uh, Lloyd Hill Auditorium. We're going to be honoring about 25 Quincy veterans who are going to be with us. In addition, uh, World War II veterans. World War II vets. uh, Well, I figured they would know that from Pearl Harbor, but yeah, (laughs) if you need that. World War II vets uh, after the invasion of Pearl Harbor. Incredible generation. We've got about 25 that are going to be attending, and there's going to be a lot of family members of others who have gone from us who have passed away. Uh, we've got about 300 photos of different 
folks from over the years, and uh, we're going to include that in some kind of a video montage or something. Yep. yep. And we'll have some some uh, refreshments after in the in the cafeteria. So Saturday, one o'clock, we're honoring our World War II vets at Quincy High in the auditorium. Come and join us and pay tribute to what some have called the greatest generation there ever was. And I wouldn't uh, argue with that at all. And for, for, for more information, call Veteran Services at 617-376-1192. That's 617-376-1192. Mayor, I think that's a good note to close on. What do you think? Sounds good. As we get closer to the week. Christmas season, we'll talk more about Christmas. We'll see you then. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.